are in a season of the church called Epiphany. It's the season immediately following Christmas, beginning with the arrival of the Magi to meet the baby Jesus. It's kind of an odd season in the church, stuffed between the end of Christmas and the beginning of Lent. And it's easy to overlook it as we all try to recover from the holidays, traveling and overeating and an abundance of family and kids all hyped up on Santa and presents and cookies. But Epiphany is an important season in the church because it's filled with the first moments of Jesus' time on earth. And Epiphany is all about call and response. Over and over again, the scripture lessons we hear in this church season are about people hearing a call, responding, and then usually we get some sort of unexpected moment. Right, The Magi saw a star, they followed it, their response was following it. They expected a king in the castle, and instead they found a baby in a normal, everyday home. Last week we heard about Jesus being baptized in the River Jordan by John. The skies were opened, God spoke words of claiming and love onto Jesus, and to those gathered around, that was a very unexpected moment. And then we come to today, where the readings again are about this call of God and the response of those who hear it. Now first we heard the lovely and somewhat familiar story of the call of young Samuel. Notice how the scene was set with the words, The word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were not widespread. So there was not really an expectation that God was speaking. And when God did speak, if God were to speak, it certainly wasn't going to be to this young boy, Samuel. Samuel was a helper of the high priest, Eli. Samuel was actually a servant. He had been given to the temple priest as payment for a debt his family could not pay. He was definitely not the one you would expect God to talk to. And the story in front of us today is Samuel missing over and over again the call of God because he doesn't expect it to come to him either. He thinks it's Eli, and Eli is also missing the call of God to Samuel because he doesn't expect Samuel to be the one God is speaking to also. It takes Eli three times of being woken up by Samuel before it breaks into his skull that God is calling. And Notice how we have this nice language of go lie down, go lie down, go lie down. But you know he's saying, go back to sleep, Samuel. Stop waking me up. Go back to sleep. It's not me. And in this story, there's this moment that's not necessarily about the call, but the response to the call. Eli tells Samuel to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. There's a distinction made between hearing and listening that is super important to our stories today. And then we have our gospel readings where we see Jesus coming into Galilee, calling disciples, and coming upon Nathanael. Now, Nathanael hears from his friend Philip that the one they've been hearing about for their whole lives, that they heard about in the scriptures of Moses, the Messiah is this Jesus guy son of Joseph, that carpenter from Nazareth. Now, Nathaniel's first response is, 
can anything good come from Nazareth? How often do we feel this same way? That place, Nathaniel says, that podunk town of 200 people that no one wants to stay in, that everybody gets out of as soon as possible. But this is how God continues to work in our world. Never like we expect, almost always acting in ways that push back on our preconceived notions about where God can be and will be. Nathaniel has some of these preconceived notions, and so he scoffs. He pokes a little fun. He makes a judgment. And Philip responds with three beautiful words, come and see. It's not what you think, Nathaniel. Come and see. So off Nathaniel goes to see Jesus, who says, Hey, I saw you under the fig tree earlier. And apparently that is all it takes Nathaniel to change his mind about this Jesus guy. He says, Wow, you saw me under the fig tree? I'm in. This guy is magic. It's sometimes just the littlest things that can change somebody's mind, right? Come and see, Philip says, and Nathaniel's mind is kind of blown by what is coming out of Nazareth. If we go back just a few verses earlier than where we began today's gospel, we see Jesus find Andrew. Andrew listening to what Jesus has to say, then going to find his brother Simon Peter and bring him to Jesus. Then today Jesus finds Philip. Philip listens to Jesus, and then Philip goes to find Nathaniel and brings him to Jesus. See, this pattern emerges in our gospel stories today where Jesus finds someone, the person listens, hears what Jesus has to say, and then invites others in. This is often the way our own stories go as well. I don't know about you, but we don't often mind going, we don't often go looking for Jesus, right? Jesus most often finds us. Sometimes, maybe, all the time, in spite of our best efforts to run or hide or avoid. And sometimes we listen. And this is one of those days in Scripture where you can really find yourself in the characters we have in front of us. Sometimes, like Samuel, we don't know exactly what it is we're hearing, but we are hearing something. Sometimes, like Samuel, we need someone to say, hey, that's God. That voice you're hearing is God. Listen. Sometimes we're more like Philip. We just come face to face with God and we're in, full in. And we can't help but invite others into it. Come and see, we say. Sometimes we're more like Nathaniel. We hear about God, but we scoff a little. We don't maybe quite buy all this Jesus stuff. Sometimes we need just a little bit more. See, when it comes down to it, the call of God and the response we give is different for everyone. And there is no right way for either of them. God's call in our life is personal. It's individual. It was different for Samuel and for Andrew and for Simon Peter and Philip and Nathaniel. And it's different for you, too. But it is happening. God comes to you. God will meet you wherever you are, in whatever state you're in, whatever you believe or don't believe, and God will speak and act in your life. 
What we do know is that it won't look like you expect it to, and it won't happen in the way you think it's going to happen. See, I've seen God on the light rail and on street corners. I've seen God in church and on the Internet, yes, even on Twitter. I've heard God speak through my goofy, precocious daughter and in angry words spoken in grief and lament in my office. Just this past Monday, I was at the cemetery after the funeral I did here for Ellen LeVang, and a complete stranger who worked at Washburn McGreevy asked if he could pray for me as we slowly walked the 15 feet or so between the car and the burial site. It could have gone either way, right? That could have been a bad thing. It could have been kind of weird and awkward. And instead it was seriously the most beautiful moment of my whole week last week. These 15 steps we made in front of a casket where this man I didn't know prayed for me and the family we were walking with. You have heard me say it before. You have heard Pastor Chad say it. You'll hear it on the video. You will not hear it. Uh, You will not tire of hearing it. We will not tire of saying it. God always breaks into this world. Always, always breaking in. Always. And each time God breaks into this world, each time God speaks and acts in our world is a call. We need to name it for what it is. When God breaks into this world, it is a call. It is a call to you, a call to action, a call to love, a call to follow, a call to see and hear and listen. And each of these moments where God breaks in happens to all of us. We all receive these moments where God breaks in. We all have moments of God's action and call in our lives. And sometimes we're not expecting it, so we miss it. Or sometimes we don't believe it, so we just kind of go on our own way. But God is there, always breaking in. And God's presence in your life, the way God shows up for you, matters. In all the various and unique ways it happens, it matters. It matters to me, and it matters to the person sitting next to you, and it matters to this community of faith and to the whole world. We need your story. Author Nish Wyseth has a little video about this same thing. What a story you It's just the vulnerable sharing of your life with other people. It's pretty simple. You know, when you're looking at at story um, and how it can change the world and how it can actually make a difference, um, it's it's so small. It seems really insignificant. Um, Especially when you're like me. You're just kind of your mom. You do the church thing, you host a house church, you're in a small group, you have your friends, and you, you know, wipe butts all day, right? <laughs> a lot of diapers, um, and dishes, and laundry, and just the mundane, just the everyday stuff. Like, how is that going to change anything? Well, if I'm honest about my life, and if I'm honest about, okay, this is where I am, and this, and where I am, here's where I struggle. Here's where I find joy. Here's where God works. 
here, um, I mean, all, all of those things. If I'm honest about that first, and then I share it with someone else, the chance is that someone else will say, oh, me too. And then all of a sudden, the world's not so small. And all of a sudden, things aren't so insignificant. Um, and it's those small acts of honesty and those small acts of vulnerability that open up the door for relationship. They open up the door for community. They open up the door for um, personal transformation between people. And the minute that we start seeing that as small and not changing the world, we are in big trouble. Because just that one person being impacted by something that you have been through in your life and that impactful moment then produces change, produces fruit, produces transformation, restoration, resurrection. <laughs> Zeppelin moment. Um, the minute that it produces that is the minute that the kingdom of God breaks through on earth and that little piece is a small change in the world. And, or it's big. Or it's big. Your story, how you experience God, matters. And the reason why is because it helps those who hear it learn more about God. See, my favorite part about this gospel story is that moment where Jesus kind of pokes back at Nathaniel. Not because it's sassy Jesus, though you know I like sassy Jesus, but because Jesus is like, dude, you think me talking about you under a fig tree is impressive? Just wait, Nathaniel. You ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait. You're going to see the sky open up in front of you. See, each time we share a moment of God's presence breaking into the world, each time we share our own moment where we experience God's call in our life, we widen the scope of God for someone else. Because God never acts in your life the way God acts in mine. And God never acts in my life the way God acts in yours. When everyone's story is different, it shows just how big God is, how far God is willing to go, and all the ways in which God can and does work in our lives. We need to share these stories. So here's what we're going to do. No, we're not going to talk to each other because I promised my introverted husband I wouldn't make you do that today. But you did get a piece of paper on your way in. And on it, it says call, and below it, it says response. Now, if for some reason you missed that on your way in, just put your hand up, and uh, we have our usher, Daryl, will give you one if you missed it. See, you have a unique story to share, a story of call, where God broke in and acted in your life, where you had this moment where you felt like, I have a joy or a sorrow, but God met me in it. And there is no small 
story. We tend to see things that are small as unimportant, but there is no such thing as an unimportant story in the story of God. So I want you to think about one. We have lots, but I want you to think about one. A moment in your life where God showed up, where you felt God's presence. And write it down. And then the other box on your card is the response, where it's asking us, how do we share it? Who needs to hear it? Who can we invite in? Who can we say, come and see, to? See, Philip went to his friend, Nathaniel. And Andrew went to his brother, Simon Peter. They didn't go stand in the middle of the church and shout it out for everybody to hear. They went to one person, just one, and said, come and see. This guy's made all the difference in my life. Come and see. Your call is important, and your story matters because you matter in the story of God. So we're going to take a few minutes, and the band is going to sing. And I'd like you to just write a few things down. Nick's going to have the screens kind of remind you what you're thinking about here. And we'll reflect on what it means to have a call and respond. You sent the light.